Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Let us tell the whole truth. I'm reading from John chapter 3, verses 16, 17, and 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. My friend, we must tell the truth. Let me take you to the funeral of a loved one. There you hear people paying tributes to the person who has died. There are some things that you often hear in these tributes. Many persons, for example, talk about the legacy, making reference to the impact that the person might have had on those around, such as being a loving person to many, or they might have been influential at the workplace, or done some remarkable thing that has made a huge difference in the community. Legacy is important because they help us to remember the wonderful person that has passed away. Then there are the pleasant, precious memories of life with this wonderful person. As a minister, very often I find myself encouraging people to talk about memories as often as possible. Memories are intangible, and when we talk about them, they help us to appreciate the life of the person who has passed away. Except there are some people who don't like to talk about memories because they are painful reminders that their loved one is no longer here. There is, however, a truth that we don't often talk about. In fact, very little is said about it. What happens to the person after death? We dance around it. We sugarcoat it. We avoid it. We fantasize about life hereafter, but we talk a little about what the Bible says, and we do so to our own detriment. In the text, we find two words that represent the truth that we often play down. The words are perish and condemned. It says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let us go back to two stories in the earliest part of the Bible, Genesis. The first story is of, of the time of Noah, when God was offended by the wanton wickedness and ungodliness that prevailed on earth. People had turned away from God in large, large numbers, except for Noah and his family. So God decided to destroy the earth, all living creatures, and save only this small family of eight. Except there was a little window of escape for others. If anyone listened to Noah regarding the reason he was building this massive thing, thing called an ark, they would hear of God's plan to destroy the world because of the vast culture of sin, and that all persons will perish in that flood. It took Noah 120 years to build the ark, and during that time, nobody reportedly made the decision to join Noah, just in case this word from God turns out to be true. Well, the rest is history. It rained 40 days and 40 nights nonstop, and every person who did not go into the ark perished. Everyone who was in the ark lived. The second story is the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. God spoke to Abraham, a man who served God and lived a righteous life, and said to him, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad and the outcry that has reached me. If not, 
I will know. This twin city was about to be destroyed by God because of the sinfulness that was described as grievous. Abraham pleaded with God, hoping that if God found a number of persons who were righteous, he would spare the place. They started with 50 and they got down to 10 when God said, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Well, as it turned out, God did not find as much as 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah combined. And after forcing Lot and his wife and two daughters to flee, the whole population of these two cities perished in a huge inferno that God used to destroy this place that was known for its sinfulness. Two occasions that we see how people were given a final opportunity to avoid the condemnation that was about to happen to them, and in both cases, scores of unrepentant people perished. The text tells us that there is a condemnation over persons who do not believe in Jesus as a son of God. It is a fundamental truth. Jesus came to make a way for humans so they could get back in right relationship with God. The formula, if you believe on Jesus, not as a great prophet, not as a wise teacher, not as a man who did great things, but as a son of God who came to save people from condemnation, then you will be spared that condemnation. And what is the condemnation? The word perish. This text does not spell out what perish means, but there is a big clue right after the word. The text says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. To perish, therefore, is the opposite of eternal life, which translates to mean eternal death, totally and completely condemned to an eternity in torment. That is the total truth. You see, there is life after death. Well, to be clear, there are two details of death that form the truth. If someone believes on Jesus as their Savior, when they die physically, they will live forever with God. That is truth. If at the point of death they never believe that Jesus is the Savior, they are condemned to perish in the lake of fire forever. That is the truth. My friend, my message to you is that if you care for people around you and what awaits them after death, please tell them the truth about life after death and help them to choose from now to believe on Jesus so that they will not be, they will not perish. We see where God destroyed sinful people in the time of Noah and in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. We will take God's words seriously and tell people the truth how they can gain eternal life.